everyone, and welcome back to The Psychology PhD, a podcast developed by grad students here in the Columbia University Psychology Department, where we discuss psych-focused graduate programs. Once again, I'm Monica Tew, a fifth-year student here in our program. In this first season, we're discussing the process of applying to PhD programs in experimental psychology. This show will be the final episode of the season, and it'll focus on how to prepare for interviews for PhD programs in psych. So again, before we dive in, it's worth noting that interviews for most graduate programs are similar in some ways to interviews for regular jobs, in that they comprise the final step of the application or hiring process. The admissions committee will only invite a small group of applicants for interviews, and they'll choose who to invite for these interviews based on a careful review of application materials. For this reason, if you haven't checked out the prior five episodes of this season, we strongly recommend that you start there. In these previous episodes, we provided an introduction to graduate programs in psychology, discussed how to get organized for PhD program applications, and covered how to develop some of the most common application materials. And we've provided links to these prior episodes in the show notes for easy access. So once you reach the interview stage, it is okay to let out a sigh of relief. At this point, you'll have sent in your statement of purpose, wrangled all of your letters of recommendation, and refined your CV. And if it's been a couple of weeks after the application deadline, you might begin to receive emails letting you know that your application has been reviewed and that you've been invited for an interview or recruitment weekend. While this is exciting, it's also understandable if you find yourself wondering, what should I expect from a grad school interview and how do I prepare for it? So in this episode, we'll discuss the following topics. The purpose of program interviews, general tips for interviews, how to prep for meetings with specific faculty interviewers, how to be ready for impromptu conversations with faculty and other department members, and how to engage in other interview day activities, and finally, how to handle pre-interviews if your program of interest has them. And as always, it's worth noting that this content applies specifically to interview prep for PhD programs here in the United States, as customs may differ in other countries. Additionally, the interview process may look a little bit different for students who are applying to US programs from abroad, because those students might not be able to attend interviews in person. So despite those caveats, today we'll be focusing on the typical in-person interview process here in the US. So without further ado, Let's begin with exploring the purpose of interviews within the grad program application process. PhD interviews have two purposes. It's an opportunity for a potential advisor to further assess whether your research interests and skills align with those of the lab and determine whether their conversations with you reflect a healthy exchange of ideas and mutual interest. Additionally, PhD interviews give a potential advisor a better sense of how you interact with other people in the lab and the department at large. And for you, the prospective PhD student, PhD interviews give you the opportunity to learn more about the direction your prospective advisor's lab is going, including their grants and current projects. These interviews also allow you to get a better understanding of how you specifically would fit into the department and into the lab if you decided to enroll in the program. Remember that your success as a PhD student is not just about your academic environment, but also about your physical and social environment. So for this reason, 
In-person interviews are a fantastic way to learn more about the city or town that the university is located in, along with housing and funding. Before we dive into some general tips and things to remember for your PhD interview, it's important that we first go over what you can expect to see during your interview. In our field, most interviews are conducted over the course of one to three days, often over a long weekend. It's important to remember that these interview sessions, or recruitment weekends, will take up a large portion of your time. You can expect to have a one-on-one -on -one interview with your primary advisor of interest, usually lasting about 30 to 45 minutes. While during this meeting, you'll most likely be asked to expand on your past research experience and your current research interests, most principal investigators, or PIs, approach this particular interview as a trial run of a conversation with a potential graduate student in their lab. In other words, the content of this conversation is usually different than what you might discuss in interviews outside of academia. For example, most PIs will not ask you to discuss your strengths and weaknesses. Instead, a PI might discuss potential project ideas on the spot or offer their input on a potential line of research you might want to explore in their lab. In addition to an interview with a prospective advisor, you'll most likely have about three to four one-on-one -on -one interviews with other faculty in the department whose research interests overlap with yours. Although, at some schools, you might meet with 10 faculty members or more. Of course, you'll also have a chance to meet with other trainees, like graduate students, postdocs, or lab managers in the lab you're currently interested in. If the lab does not yet have graduate students, then you'll most likely meet with graduate students in the department more broadly. And beyond these interviews, you'll likely engage in additional research-centered activities, such as research seminars or even the lab meeting of a potential advisor. In both instances, members of the department, like grad students or postdocs, will give short oral presentations about their current projects. And finally, you might also be invited to participate in program-specific events, like uh, overviews of program requirements and tours of facilities, as well as more informal social events like lunches, dinners, or happy hours. All right, so now that we've given you a quick overview of typical interview structure, it's time to discuss a few important points about the PhD interview experience. It's very easy to approach program interviews with the idea in mind that it's a competitive process. However, this is not that helpful or productive of perspective to have. As we mentioned earlier in this episode, the interview process is mainly an opportunity to gauge your level of fit for a department, an advisor, and a lab. You should also be aware that many of the prospective students with whom you're interviewing will be your colleagues one day. For example, I met one of my now closest academic friends when we shared a room during interviews here at Columbia, and now I love hearing about her work whenever I talk to her and catching up with her at conferences. So it's important to treat your fellow interviewees with kindness and respect. At the end of the day, they are like-minded researchers who share the same enthusiasm for science that you do, and that's exciting. Another way to maintain a positive mindset during your interview is to remember that you have been invited for a reason. While it is nerve-wracking, you don't have to be so nervous. After all, an admissions committee would not have invited you to interview if they were not already interested in the possibility of you joining the program. You deserve to be there. So now, a word about professionalism during these interviews. A rule of thumb from media training is helpful here, that 
the microphone is always on and the camera is always rolling. In other words, this means that you should assume that in every event, at every minute, you are actively interviewing until you are in the privacy of your own room. All the interactions you'll have, whether with a research assistant or a faculty member, should be professional. Don't get too comfortable, especially in settings where alcohol is present. And the reverse is also true. Don't feel like you need to drink alcohol if it's offered at an event. Although it'll likely be a long day, whenever possible, try your best to engage with curiosity and interest. During time between events, you can start conversations with fellow interviewees, grad students, and other researchers if you can, as opposed to spending time on your phone or computer. But it is important to make sure to take breaks as you need, whenever you need, to use the restroom or for any other personal reason. It's important to demonstrate at interviews that you are excited to be there and eager to hear about others' research. While the quality of interpersonal interactions isn't one of the main factors considered for grad admission, it might make or break your chances if a prospective advisor is on the fence about you. Finally, I strongly encourage you to take notes throughout the interview experience. Bring a physical notepad or a notebook if you can. This will allow you to jot down some quick questions you might be planning to ask during presentations and seminars and make note of useful information after conversations and interviews. These notes will come in handy when you send thank you emails after your interviews. In addition to notes about research, it's also a good idea to take notes about your general impressions of the program, department, and students at the end of each interview session. Since you'll likely have a ton of things on your mind during the interview itself, it's a good idea to take notes about your observations so you don't forget them once you're making your decisions later. Now that we've covered some general tips for navigating your interview days, let's dive into how to prepare with your meetings with specific faculty interviewers, including your advisor of interest. Although programs often notify applicants that they've been invited to interview in late December through early January, these invitations are often quite general and don't typically specify who exactly you'll meet with on the day of the interview itself. In many programs, you won't even receive a specific schedule of meetings until a week or so before the interview date or sooner. So it's best not to wait to receive the specific schedule before beginning to prep for interviews, or else you could be caught in a bit of a time crunch, especially if you have the good fortune of being invited to interview at multiple programs. It can be helpful to begin your prep for these interviews with faculty well in advance, even if that means you need to make some educated guesses about who exactly those interviewers might end up being. As soon as you learn that you've been invited to interview for a particular program, I recommend that you visit that department's website and review the people listed on the faculty page. In the first pass, read through each faculty member's bio with an eye towards whether and how their research interests might intersect with yours even tangentially. As you do so, make a short list of the faculty members whose interests are closest to your own. In my own case, this short list ended up being about three to five faculty members in each department in which I was asked to interview. For each person on your faculty shortlist, a good next step will be to perform a deeper dive into their work, which will allow you to develop some thoughtful questions that you can ask during your interview and perhaps even high-level proposals for projects you could conduct with them. There are a few useful places to start this deep dive. 
First, I'd recommend that you visit each faculty member's lab website. Often, these websites will be linked on the department's own site, although I often find myself as well just Googling for first name, last name, psychology, lab. Lab websites will often include a description of current areas of research and, in particular, links to the lab's most recent publications. Second, it can be helpful to search for the faculty member's profile on Google Scholar, which we've linked in the show notes below. Google Scholar profiles contain a list of individuals' academic publications and come with some useful sorting tools that can help you determine which papers you might benefit from focusing on to prep for your interview. One way of sorting is by year, which arranges papers based on publication date. This allows you to find the most recent topics that this faculty member and their lab have been researching. Recent publications are useful because the focus of an academic's research can often shift over time. So focusing on work that has been published in the last few years will ensure that you are up to date on whatever topics this person will likely find interesting at your interview. Another way of sorting is by the number of citations each publication has received. In Google Scholar, you can sort along the cite by column. Even if some of the most cited publications are from several years back or more, it can be really helpful to be familiar with these classic papers as they often comprise the work for which the faculty member is best known in their subfield. Once you've identified a few papers from the faculty member's lab website or Google Scholar profile, maybe one or two recent papers and one or two highly cited papers, read through those papers carefully and make a list of questions that you have about them. For instance, you might ask about the psychological theories underlying the research. This kind of conversation can be fitting when different theories would make different predictions about phenomena of interest to the PI. For example, if another theory would lead to a different hypothesis than what the PI predicts, in particular for studies that haven't been run yet, such as those that are mentioned in the future direction section of the article, you can bring up this insight and the competing hypothesis when you talk to the PI. These kinds of questions can highlight to your potential advisor that you're familiar with the literature and show them how you could make novel contributions to the lab's thinking as a potential graduate student. These kinds of questions can also lead to more specific discussions about future studies that you could work on in the lab. Along similar lines, you could also speculate about how the results of the PI's work might relate to some other mechanism or phenomenon that you personally hope to study as a grad student. Often, this line of questioning may prompt you to consider a research project that you would be interested in conducting with another faculty member, even if they aren't the primary advisor who you apply to work with. That's good for multiple reasons. Not only could these project proposals open up doors for possible collaborations, they can also be important because your admission to a grad program often requires approval by other faculty members as well as just the one you're applying to. As a result, I suggest that you make a note of these high-level project ideas, as proposing them in interviews can be a good way to showcase A, that you share interest with a faculty member you're speaking to, and B, that you're a thoughtful and creative researcher, as people generally value these qualities in potential colleagues. And beyond theoretical questions, if you're knowledgeable about common research methods in this area, you can also ask about how they chose the particular manipulations or measures that they used, as opposed to some alternative that you might consider. If you're curious about stats, 
You might even ask the faculty member about why they chose the analytic approach they used if their method is particularly unique. Finally, after developing these lists of questions and project ideas for each of the faculty members on your shortlist, I recommend that you place all of this information into a Word document, Google Doc, or something else, with about one page per faculty member. These faculty one-pagers will then be incredibly helpful if you print them out for reference before your interviews. That way, you can review them in the hallway or the bathroom in between meetings. It's worth noting that in order to have enough time to work through your faculty deep dive in preparation for interviews, you'll likely finish compiling your notes before you receive your final interview schedule, so it's likely that you may prepare notes for some faculty members that you don't end up meeting with. However, I strongly encourage you not to let this deter you. Even if you don't end up with a formal meeting with each of your shortlisted faculty members on your interview schedule, PhD program interview days often include events beyond the interviews themselves. Some of the events are more formal, like seminars or lab meetings, and others are less formal social events, like happy hours or dinners. Preparing these faculty one-pagers will help you to ensure that you're prepared for unplanned conversations with these faculty members at events like these throughout your interview session. Speaking of unplanned conversations, let's briefly turn our attention next to how you might prepare for unexpected impromptu conversations with faculty members and other trainees throughout your program visit. There are two sets of materials that I'd recommend putting together in preparation for these kinds of interactions. First, it's helpful to keep in mind that throughout the interview days, you'll frequently be meeting new members of the department, and many, if not all, of these people will ask you about yourself. These questions tend to focus on two related topics, your background and your research interests. For this reason, it's helpful to prepare an elevator pitch in advance that covers these topics, as it's easy to accidentally ramble on for too long during these kinds of introductions. Your elevator pitch should be no more than a few sentences, and it should include your name, your general area of interest, a specific research question you'd like to study as a graduate student, and a brief note about how or where or with whom you're currently conducting research. Here's a brief example elevator pitch for reference that's from one of our own PhD students interview prep notes. Hi, I'm first name, last name. I'm interested in understanding the factors that lead to successful goal pursuit, both in terms of achievement and well-being. Specifically, I hope to study how motivation and self-regulation in the pursuit of personal goals are affected by our beliefs, particularly those that we share with others. I'm currently working with professor so-and-so at X university. Beyond your elevator pitch, the second set of materials that are helpful for impromptu conversations are lists of questions you can ask for the different kinds of people you'll meet during your interview days, particularly during Q&A sessions, social activities, or moments of downtime when the full group is heading from one event to another. To prepare for these conversations, I recommend that you create some lists of more general questions you can ask for different audiences, like faculty, trainees in your lab of interest, and other trainees in the program. That way, you'll never be caught off guard when someone asks you, so, do you have any questions for me? So while we've included extended lists of possible questions in the show notes, I'll highlight a few examples here. In impromptu conversations with faculty, you might ask them, what lines of research do you envision working on for the next five years? 
What do you think sets this program apart from others? What qualities or experiences help students to be especially successful in this program? In conversations with other trainees in your lab of interest, you might ask questions about their research, such as, what have you been focusing on in your current research? How does your research fit into the lab's broader research program? Would you say that the research direction of the lab has changed since you've been a part of it? And if so, how? You might also ask trainees about what it's like to work with your prospective advisor. For instance, you could ask, how much interaction do you typically get with the PI? Is it usually one-on-one, -on -one, via email, or in lab meetings? How would you describe the PI's mentorship style? And how frequently do the PI's grad students typically publish? How does your PI help support you when you're having a difficult time, whether for research or personal reasons? Finally, in conversations with any trainees in the program, including those not in the lab that you're applying to, you might ask more general questions like, what is the culture of the department like? What do you consider to be the best and worst aspects of this program? Do you find this program's course load to be manageable in conjunction with your research and teaching duties? And how feasible is it to get by on this program stipend given the local cost of living? In addition to one-on-one -on -one interviews with faculty and social events hosted by the department, a large chunk of your interview day will likely involve research presentations. These presentations might take the form of a 30 to 45 minute scientific talk in which a researcher presents a project they're currently working on, or a five minute data blitz in which faculty members from the department share a few words on the research that's currently being conducted in their labs. Regardless of the type of oral presentation given, we encourage you to ask questions about anything you're curious about after hearing a presentation. Although it's understandable that you may be nervous about asking questions, especially in the presence of a faculty member that you're applying to work with, people in the department are looking forward to hearing your thoughts. It shows that you're enthusiastic about psychology research, even if the topic at hand does not have much overlap with your own specific interests. When I was navigating the interview circuit myself, I remember feeling very anxious about whether a question I was considering asking was good enough or astute enough you might find yourself in the same situation. Although you are in the interview stage, you should remember that asking questions about someone's research is primarily for your own learning. Put differently, you should approach questions as an opportunity to learn rather than an opportunity to showcase how much you already know. It's perfectly fine to ask high level or general questions about someone's work as long as it's coming from a place of genuine interest and curiosity. For more information on how to ask questions during a research presentation, we've linked a helpful resource in the show notes below. Now that we've gone over the typical structure of a graduate program interview session and how to best prepare for research-oriented conversations and presentations, I'd like to take a bit of time to discuss pre-interviews. In this podcast, a pre-interview refers to a one-on-one -on -one chat with a faculty member of interest that occurs before the formal interview session held by a graduate program. Often, these pre-interviews occur after a prospective student has reached out to a faculty member to express interest in joining their lab. If a faculty member is interested in learning more about your research interests and experience, they might offer you an opportunity to chat with them. Consequently, these conversations will usually occur during the early fall months and are typically held over video chat. The purpose of a pre-interview is quite similar to the formal interviews that we have already discussed. 
It's a chance for a faculty member to determine whether your research interests and skills align with that of their lab. Since these conversations usually take place before the application deadline, it also serves as a wonderful opportunity for a prospective student to determine whether they are indeed still interested in applying to a particular lab. However, there is an additional purpose that sets the pre-interview apart from the formal interview conducted in the winter, and it usually has to do with the admission structure of a program, and thus nothing to do with you. In short, many psychology programs have a set number of admissions offers they can make every spring. Because of this, some faculty members make an effort to gauge a student's level of interest in joining their lab before interview offers are sent out later that year. Put another way, pre-interviews offer faculty members an additional chance to weed out prospective students who may not have a strong interest in enrolling in a program if they were to be admitted later on. It's also important to note that faculty members may frame this interview as a chat or an informal conversation. Regardless, you should approach every pre-interview as a formal interview. Similar to the in-person interview sessions we discussed earlier, you should be prepared to discuss your past research and current research interests, along with what you would like to gain out of graduate school. Likewise, you should also prepare questions about the lab's current work using some of the strategies we talked about earlier. All right, that's all for this episode and for season one of our podcast on the PhD program application process. As always, I truly and deeply hope that this content has been helpful for you. In season two of the Psychology PhD, we'll turn our attention to the wide range of backgrounds and experiences the students in our PhD program at Columbia had before they decided to pursue graduate studies in psychology. Given this focus on people's own individual stories, in season two, we'll also be shifting to an interview-based format featuring conversations with different people. As always, we'll be updating the show notes to include links to this content as soon as each new episode launches. You can find the show notes below this episode in the description if you're watching on YouTube or in the show notes section of whatever podcast app you're listening on. To receive notifications when new episodes are released, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel or to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You're also welcome to join our email list to receive an email each time we release a new episode. And finally, if you found this content helpful, once again, please consider liking our episode on YouTube or rating and reviewing the show in your preferred podcast app. And we'll see you next season. Bye.